Gear up as Cash Miller and a team of accomplished guests steer you on an enlightening voyage filled with valuable tips, fresh insights, and effective strategies. Welcome to Marketing Masters, the Agency Power Show. Hello, everyone. My name is Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters, CEO of Titan Digital. And today we're going to be talking reputation management because I'll tell you, the, count, the review counts are getting insane for some industries and stuff. I've got with me Ross McDaniel of Fence Post. Ross, it's great to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your agency, yourself. You know, what do you do? Yeah, thanks, Cash, for having me on. Been excited about this. Uh, for quite some time. Uh, Fence Post, you know, we are a home service lead gen agency. Uh, sounds pretty ho-hum, um, but honestly, we're taking a tried and true set of principles, applying them into a very simple four-ingredient formula, and really just trying to help the businesses that are the backbone to our local communities thrive and grow. Uh, we believe we can do that. And we're, we're excited about applying our formula for each and every one. Well, today we're going to be talking reputation management and with service businesses, you know, it's something that really, you know, matters a great deal because, you know, the review counts on some, you know, back in the day, 2014, 2015 and stuff, Google hadn't really rolled out reviews with the maps and stuff. They did, but nobody That's was right. really taking them seriously yet and such. Now, I mean, the, the accounts that you see, if you do a Google search for a restaurant, a service company, a lawyer, like you name the industry, if they're going to show up locally, the number of reviews are just insane, right? The hundreds, hundreds, if not the thousands. Yeah. And it's to the point now where uh, you've said it before, you're probably not going to catch up. But what you can do is make sure that you're in the game. And I think that's the most important anthem that needs to be preached is get in the game, start collecting reviews if you haven't already, and go out there and engage with your customer base. Yeah, let's let's start with why they're, you know, they're so critical because I mean, one of the things it's like yeah, it you just said, you know, you can't you're not necessarily going to catch up because there are some companies we're seeing reviews in the thousands. Yeah, and and right. it might not be just one. It's not just your big players and stuff. There are, you know, smaller companies that have, you know, generated tons, but you don't necessarily have to try to keep up with them for it to have an impact on your business. Why, you know, so why does it matter so much? Yeah, let's take a step back and look at what are the ingredients to having a local thriving business. Um, well, for one, you've got to be visible. Uh, people have to know you exist. Uh, number two, you've got to be good at what you're actually offering. And beyond that, you've got to be as good or better than the competition. And three, and this is where reviews come into play, is you have to have social proof. Uh, a recent study by Search Engine Journal said that like 91% of the buyers between 18 and 34 are looking at a review to influence mm -hmm. and affect their, their buying decision. So we've got to have those reviews. And then fourth, is kind of an uh, appendage to that, would be referral. Well, you're not going to get many referrals for your business uh, unless you have customers that have said, hey... We give company ABC our seal of approval. And beyond that, we've gone on a, on a reputable, documented uh, website like Google and said, hey, five-star service, five-star service. So the importance really um, boils down to it, it's just like one of the four pillars of having a, a foundational thriving business. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is like the counts matter, you know, because of the fact that it, it's just – 
it's this many people that are saying something positive or even negative, you know, but it's a lot of people that have engaged with your brand, you know, and said something. And they say, you'll run into competitors that might have two or 3000 reviews or even like I said, it's very common to see ones that at least have hit the thousand mark. And most are still going to be in the hundreds. Okay. The thing is, if you're coming, you know, when you go through Google maps, that this is where most of the reviews are. And you're, you mm-hmm. may even, you may have a high ranking and you may be the, you know, could be the first or second, could be the third, whatever it could be the fifth. But the thing is, is if the person, if the other business that's above or below you, if you've got 20 reviews and the one above you has got 200 or the one below, you know, below you on the listings have that kind of count, why is anybody going to want to do business with you? Because there's not many people saying anything. You rank high, but you don't look established like these other people. And it's not a matter of the rankings. It's helping them stand out from the ranking. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a that's a loaded question there, Cash, because I think there's layers and levels to it. Um, on the one hand, yeah, just looking at the sheer volume uh, of, of a review count for business A and business B, both within the Google three pack, right? The top three yeah. spots, the spots that are going to show up on mobile. Maybe there's a huge disparity there. And so let's talk about the volume first. I think there's there's a couple of layers, uh, tiers, I should say, within a review count that really mark different stages of the business. First tier is 100 reviews. If you can hit 100 reviews, you're playing the game. And if we're playing the game, we've got a shot. Anybody that's playing the game has a shot to win business. Next tier, 500 reviews. You are better than, you're the, you're the top 1% of businesses there if you've hit 500 reviews. 1,000 reviews, you're untouchable. So untouchable, top 1% and playing the game. All of those people have a shot. Now, if you're in that sub 100 review count, uh, what you really need to be focused on, especially if you have had the opportunity to be in the, the three pack with some of those top dogs, what you really need to be focused on is engaging with each and every one of those reviews as they do come in and then developing all your systems that you have to have to collect more, right? And, and the reason I say that first part, which is engaging with your the the limited amount of reviews that you have is because that's likely going to be the second layer down of engagement that some of these businesses, even with tons and tons of reviews may or may not be doing. Yeah. And so uh, a buyer is looking at, um, Hey, well, yeah, co- uh, company ABC has 500 reviews and it's like a, a five star or whatever, but company you know B has 25 reviews and they're like a 4.7. Well, let's go in and see. Let's go in and look and see if anybody's engaging. Let's go in and see what the people are actually saying about it. Yeah, because also you take, you know, if it's layers and stuff also, you know, why does a company with a thousand reviews continue to even bother to get reviews? Because they need also, you know, they need them to be recent. You know, so they're going to keep compiling. It's part of the reason you're never going to catch up. But you shouldn't, you know, you're not worried about that. The thing is, is they are active and still doing it because they want stuff that shows, you know, left the review you know, one day ago, you know, a week ago, two weeks ago or whatever. That's right. They've got to continuously do it. Okay. Cause at that point, right. you know, you're kind of an addict. You have, <laughs> you know, you've got to keep, you know, you, you can't stop. Okay. Well, I, I do think there's a, there's an alternative scenario there too, that could be the case. Uh, and I work with a lot of companies in, I would say small to mid market. Uh, so under a million um, in their mm-hmm. local DMA or um, city and metro area. And uh, a lot of these guys have 
tons and tons of reviews into that five hundred thousand dollar tier or thousand dollar five hundred thousand yeah. review tier because they've just been around forever. Yeah. And if you're a mom and pop that's been around for three generations, well, you're just going to get your referral networks actually feeding your review network, which is counter to what to what normally happens. And so I think there is a level of passivity that still may be at play that the hungry upstart who doesn't quite have that many reviews can come in and take advantage of. Yeah. And I like your point about being really active also on the reviews because you're right. They mm. can. So the, the companies with large counts can become complacent. Hopefully they're not because, you know, from their standpoint, because of the fact that, you know, if you've got that many people, they're going to have, they're generating them using some sort of active system. So they have to understand right. on the other end, they should be responding to them. But that response is also a way that you can stand out because it shows that as the owner of the business or your staff or whatever, but it shows that you're actively engaged. You know, you're willing to interact with your customers. These people took the time to do the review. You're thanking them. You know, you're responding. And if it's negative, you might be reaching out afterwards and saying that within your your response, you know, so that you can rectify situations. Because when people see that, even if you got a negative review, they see you're also willing to try to do something about it. You know, so right. all of these things can help you. You know, and as you're building the fall, you know, that the count up. You're active along the way, in which case it helps to make up for the fact that you, yeah, you don't have the same kind of high count that, you know, the other companies may, but you are very proactive in the way you just operate your business. When you're demonstrating the culture of your business too. I mean, so often I feel like we see owners responding to, you know, sub four-star reviews in a very, very negative way. Uh, or they only respond to the one-star reviews, but never give any attention to the four and five-star reviews. Yeah. And I think that demonstrates a level of attentiveness that the, the owner has in regards to, to what message they're trying to communicate about their DNA and their culture as a company. Yeah. And the other thing, too, when you're responding, it's making sure that the responses, because I'll tell you, you know, the number of times you see the responses look so canned. Yeah. And mm. it's like, it's not, I understand, you know, especially like franchise businesses and things like that, you know, yeah, you might have to respond to a ton of reviews, but you know, it's if you can make it authentic, you know, I say actually say something, not just give the because a lot of them are very standard. Hey, you know, can you please submit a support ticket or something and we'll have somebody reach out to you or whatever, you know. So even if they're willing to rectify the situation, even the way that they're willing to go about it is very, you know, just standard. It's not very original. Yeah. You know, in which case, you know, like, well, it's not intentional. Yeah. 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 That's exactly it. It's not intentional and stuff. And it's like. Yeah. And you're going to run into those situations. You have to remember, like, if you're trying to build up your review counts and you're actively soliciting from your customer base, you're going to run into some negative situations and stuff, too. You know, I like say those kinds of things are going to happen. So the way you respond is really going to matter because it's it's part of, you know, the whole, I guess, profile that you're building out, you know, through that map listing and such, you know, because the reviews, unlike every, you know, the other pieces of the listing itself, you know, it's really your voice as a company. Agreed. Amen and amen. Uh, there's no denying that. Uh, what you say online is going to permeate throughout the rest of your, your customer base and the rest of your business. And one of the best ways to showcase how you talk to your customers and about your business is in a direct response to a customer interaction. So, amen. Let's, let's talk about, you know, some of the ways you go about reviews, because here's the thing is, you know, 
when you get these high review counts, it's actually better not to be a 5.0. <laughs> you know? Like that's right. Um, yes. Because of the fact that, you know, you could have 200 re- reviews, you know, you could have a, a, a lot of them. Right. But if you somehow have managed to get through them all with a 5.0, the problem is the people reading them are going to start to think something's up, you know? And so let's, you know, let's talk a bit about ways you do, you know, like, you can do these things, but don't do these, you know? So what are some of the, I guess, right. let's start with some of the negatives though, that you, you know, you might've seen, you know, I've certainly seen a few things, you know, that people have attempted or done over the years, you know, that are not, you know, exactly sure. on the up and up. Well, first off, I mean, let's, let's be clear. If any of you out there have, you know, 30, 40, 50, five-star reviews on your, on your profiles, like, please, we're not saying, Hey, you guys have screwed the pooch here. Um, uh, statistics for days. One of the recent statistics that I think Cash is referencing is that like somewhere between a 4.7 and a 4.9 uh, indicates a, a much higher likelihood of conversion for a buying decision. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, is it just feels more authentic. You feel more real. And all the stuff we were saying before about um, the intentionality of, of an owner jumping in and responding to a review or, or whatever else. Well, you know, if you're getting only five star reviews, that's probably because you're out soliciting them, yeah. which bravo, you should be. And so there's nothing wrong with that. But 4.7, 4.9, yeah. those demonstrate opportunities. Those negative reviews or sub, um, sub five star reviews that you've gotten demonstrate opportunities to engage. So um, please, please don't knock yourself. Yeah, they do demonstrate opportunities to engage without a doubt. Um, and yes, you should be soliciting reviews, but you got to know a couple of things when you're doing that. For one, if you're going to yeah. solicit, you don't incentivize. You're not supposed to. Okay. And That's you right. know, if you use any kind of a review generation system, they will... You know, they're not supposed to allow you to be able to do that. So like, hey, if you give me a positive review, you know, I will give you this as a reward. And that's a no go. You can't do that kind of stuff. That's right. That's right. That's right. You want to you want to earn reviews on, on your own merits. I think another thing is paying for reviews. A lot of times, I mean, I'm sure many of you out there who have uh, Google business listings have received the the wild solicitation from who knows where saying, hey, many reviews, a uh, small amount of money. We'll get them for you that's fly by night. That's black hat. We don't do that. You will quickly get dinged for it. Yeah. Fake reviews are worse than no reviews. Uh, hands down. Yeah. Google has ways of identifying which ones are fake and stuff, you know? Um, you know, mm-hmm. so that's always going to be you know, something don't, yeah. Don't fall for the temptation. Yeah. You know, I say, because if you're, if you're good at what you do, you should have plenty of customers that are happy with your service and you can just straight ask them. You don't have to incentivize them or anything and say, Hey, if you were happy with us, you know, can you please uh, leave a review and stuff? Cause you know, and you can say, so, you know, something like if you were happy, please leave us a review. You're not stopping them if they weren't happy from leaving your review. And like I said, it's the risk you take, but you, you know, you're not yeah. incentivizing with a reward for doing so. That's, you know, the main thing that matters. And yeah, there's, there's a lot of people that will, you know, I've seen, um, re, I don't know if you've seen this, but I've seen, uh, recently I saw a solicitation that was about generating reviews and they were like, Hey, I've got a bunch of local business guides. You know, they've got those, you know, people on Google with, you know, the profiles that are identified that way. And I'm like, you know, it doesn't matter that didn't, you didn't do business with them. That's right. That's exactly right. And even Google's now starting to ask, like, did you do business with this company whenever you go leave a review, which is interesting. Yeah. I think you touched on something a moment ago that 
the number what's what is the number one tool and vehicle to to acquiring more reviews it's quite simply asking yeah just go ask your current customer base and you asked about tools uh, i mean the shameless plug here i love nice job nice job has been an incredible tool for every single one of my clients uh, it's like a standard part of what we do at fence post and a great nice job and the biggest thing they help with is getting you to ask for a review at the right time, multiple times. And we've seen all of our customers benefit greatly from integrating Nice Job and actually going in and saying, hey, we're going to be intentional about acquiring reviews simply by asking our customers. Yeah, a lot of it is, is you know, most software, it's the whole point of it, you know, whether like, you know, one that's popular is Podium, another one's BirdEye and stuff. Right. You know, they're really, you know, there's plenty of popular software out there. The whole idea behind the software is that it's, it's doing the asking for you. You know, you're able to plug it into systems, you know, like your accounting software and things like that. So that when you enter a new customer, it, you can make this more set and forget. Uh, and then it's, we'll send the uh, solicitation for review after you've done a service, you know, so you're able to put in triggers, you know, to be able to have it so that the timing is right. Because a lot of people otherwise, what ends up happening is, is they don't ask for a while, you know, a month, two months or whatever. And then they go back in and they, and then they try to do it on mass, which Google wants to, you know, like most things with Google, it wants to see, you know, a steady progression of reviews, not necessarily a bombardment of suddenly they got a bunch, you know, all on the same that's day right. and everything. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's right. what most of your software is, you know, actually used for to make sure that you can, you know, put together a steady progression every time you've got somebody, you know, that comes along. That's right. I'm trying to try. Let me ask you a couple of things now. So there's, how do you, how do you handle negative reviews? Okay. But also how do you handle fake reviews that are negative? Hmm. Okay. Because I've seen instances, you know, where people, you know, could be competitors or whatever, you know, they'll go in, they'll do one star, They've never done business with you, but they'll do it just to harm your reputation. So in both. We're a disgruntled former employee. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. how do you. Ha yeah, exactly. How do you handle those situations? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Well, I think Google is increasingly uh, and we're using Google as a, as a use case because it's primarily yeah. the, the number one vehicle for review generation and, and consumer feedback right now. Um, but Google has done a great job ramping up their efforts on diminishing the opportunities for spam or false reviews to happen. And then once they do happen, increasing the availability of support and help. So in short, that's going to happen. And what do you do when that happens? Well, you immediately report it. I mean, I think that's step one. You go report this as a false review. Google has very clear steps on how to do that. So if you're a business owner with a Google business listing, make sure you go find where the, hey, report review, and it'll give you a series of options, right? Um, you know, it's false, never did business with me. I don't know who this person is, it's spam, so on and so forth. I think the other thing, immediately after that, or if it's a negative review with a genuine customer, regardless, you have to be direct and you have to be pleasant and you have to be intentional. We said it before, that's an opportunity. And so let's say it's a disgruntled former employee. Um, context is great, Except in the public space. So you want to be, like, even if you showcase how right you were yeah. or how wrongly this person is talking about you and your business, it's still not going to do you any favors in the public eye. And so what you have to do is you have to be very gracious and very gentle 
and yet firm in saying, hey, sorry you had a poor experience. Um, we are happy to handle this offline with you. Uh, we appreciate your time that you worked with us. Boom, done. Disgruntled former employee. Report that thing. Go talk to them offline, so on and so forth. Spam one. Hey, we're reporting you. Um, but outwardly, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to say, hey, uh, we don't have you. It, go ahead and call them out. We don't have you uh, registered in our, in our books. Uh, it appears you've never done business with us. If you would like to, go here. Uh, if you have some other instance, go here. And make sure to direct them and treat them as a, as a customer service opportunity. Yeah. But then quickly go report, right? Yeah. We're still reporting. But outwardly matters. Uh, what we what we demonstrate outwardly into the public eye matters a lot. Let me ask you a question on the um, if you're responding to them, you know, even if they're just starring you because they could end up starring you. They're not actually saying sure. anything, you know, because they don't want to say anything disparaging, especially if they're a former employee or something. Because that's a, a fairly common occurrence with businesses and stuff, you know, because you know whoever the ex employee is, they want to you know harm your reputation and stuff. But do you think? From the standpoint, because if you, not everything that's reported, even though you know it's legit, actually gets removed by Google. Yeah, that's right. So that's right. Yeah. So the question is, is if you go counter and then report it, do you think it ups the odds of getting it removed? You know, overall, because then you've provided them at least some context. Uh, you know, I don't have great data on that. I don't see how it could hurt because at that point there is a manual review process that's triggered. Google does, contrary to popular belief, have some manual reviews that, that happen there. Uh, the other thing to consider is that if somebody leaves a uh, no text only star review, uh, it, it is much more likely to be able to get removed um, quicker uh, in that regard. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I think that regardless of whether or not it ever gets removed, Asking for more information, if it's, especially if it's a star only, saying, hey, we don't have a record of you in our books. We'd love to serve you well. Yeah. Can you give us some more context yeah. uh, as to why you left us a poor review? Yeah. You know, people are going to look at those. And, I mean, you and I do it. Whenever sure. I'm looking for a new restaurant in town, I immediately go to the three-star <laughs> and then the one-star. Those are where I go. Yeah. Three-star and one-star. And I read them. Yeah. And if they, nobody, somebody didn't leave anything, like, I throw that out. People are smart. Yeah, I think that's another good point that you make, too, that, you know, like no business really is perfect and stuff. You're going to have some negativity. You, right. know, you can't do it right all the time. But that, that goes back to your, um, you know, responding to the negative reviews because I do the same thing. You know, yeah, OK, I see some good ones on top and I'll read the first couple, but then I'm going to go and I'm going to check out the one star and two star and, you know, potentially three star. I want to know that's what right. they did wrong. Because then I'm looking at, you know, is this a, an actual issue with the business? Because if you read, you know, you read the review, you can often tell, is it really the, the problem of the customer? Maybe expectations were set way too high. You know, like they have they have kind of like their own expectation, whether the company set it for them or not. You know, it's just what they wanted was never going to be possible, yet they're still mad about it because it couldn't be done, you know, things like that. So by reading yeah. the review, you understand whether it was kind of – it's a legit review, but was what they wanted even possible and stuff. You know, so a lot of people are going to do that. So if you're responding, that also is extremely, you know, beneficial for you because you are responding to that negativity and they're going to read that too. Well, it's not something to be fearful of. I mean, guys, this is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to let your voice be heard, an opportunity for you to to showcase what the true heart and intent of your business is. Because I think for a lot of people, businesses are just, you know, uh, nameless entities, not nameless entities, uh, 
uh, unpersonified entities, right? They're not, <laughs> yeah. uh, they're, they're just bastions of existence. Uh, but when we get to personify them and let people know our culture and our heart, especially at a local level, I mean, that's what your community is made of. And so like, we want to know and understand the DNA of our community. Yeah. So let's talk, um, you know, timing on reviews and such, you know, because I mentioned earlier, you know, I say you can't wait too long and stuff. But is there an optimal, you know, way to go about it? Like, you know. I mean, the obvious answer would be like in the moment, but it's not always the case because depending on the type of business you run, you know, it could be, you know, right. there can be some different triggers, you know, for it. So what's your you know recommendation? What's your advice on that? Yeah, I'm pretty open-handed with, uh, with my trade secrets. They're not really secrets. <laughs> um, so I would love to open up the hood here. I think there's a couple of different environments, like you said. One is the I deliver a product or service in person at the time, um, you know, of transaction, that's when I, it's happening. Well, in that instance, we're always asking immediately, boom, ask, whether it's a little QR code card or, um, you know, a little customer feedback thing on your iPad or uh, some other device, even just to ask, hey, uh, go search us in Google, um, company ABC, Augusta, Georgia. Well, boom, they'll, they'll go review right then. Uh, I think that's, that's scenario number one. Scenario number two is it's an offsite transaction, meaning uh, the, the payment doesn't happen until after the service has happened or something else. I mean, you know, the, the deal is done uh, online mm -hmm. somewhere, not in person. Well, that is less likely to get you a review on the front end with the first, first ask, but it gives you more bites at the apple um, long term. Because what we do in that situation is we will go ahead and immediately once transaction happens, we'll send out an email and a text saying, hey, thanks so much. I uh, would love for you to, to leave us a review based on your experience. Uh, here's a link here and here, email and text, boom, done. Then what we're gonna do is we're gonna go a day later, send something similar. Three days later, we'll do something similar again. And then we'll give them, give them a break and last touch, we'll go in that five to seven mark uh, days after time of, of service or, or transaction. And what we found is that three email sequence plus the first touch really gives the most opportunity uh, for in the highly, highest likelihood for somebody to leave a review. You know, we're not going to hound them. We're not going to badger them. Uh, some may call that hounding, yeah. but uh, uh, we're going to leave them alone after a certain amount of time. Yeah. I mean, there's a point where obviously they're not going to leave it. So you don't keep, you know, pressing for it. Yeah. You know? um, That's right. Yeah. So like I say, you want to try to keep it as much in the moment. You know, it's got to be fresh top of mind. If the you know person did the service well, you know whatever it was that you know was being done, that's gonna you know like I say it will leave a positive impression. One thing I like to you know always remind people is you know and this especially applies to if somebody is happy with the service because you know you can take ten people and you could be great nine times, you could be bad once, and I guarantee you the only person that'll leave the review is the one that was bad. Okay. The other, yeah. you know, so be, right. if you don't ask the other nine and yeah, hound them a couple of times to say, Hey, you know, you could still do this. You're never you know, going to get it. You're like, you know, they won't do it, but you'll get the negative and that will pile up. You know, they say, cause people, when they get, you know, mad, irritated, whatever, you know, they're, you know, whatever it may be. I mean, I've left negative review reviews for restaurants before I even left the restaurant because they made me mad enough, you know, <laughs> you know? man. Yes. Yeah, but well, we want your positive review too. That, that's yeah, all the more impactful. Somebody clicks in and sees the local guide with like you know 
yeah, 17 one stars and then 25 five stars. Yeah, you trust that guy. Yeah, that's exactly it. So, you know, if you know, so you got to remember that, you know, people can be emotionally driven like that, in which case you want to make sure, you know, that, you know, you are soliciting because they like, say they, you know, they're still in the moment. So if they're happy with you, that's when they're going to remember it and everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, so there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes on, you know, with reviews. It is, you know, a bit of a gift that keeps on giving if you do it. Yeah, but you got to know that you have to systemize it. You know, this is a process. This is something that you don't stop doing. You have to continuously pile them up over, you know, months and years and whatnot and keep building them up. Um, You know, what are, have you seen any particular, like, because of reviews, uh, weird situations that have arisen, you know, for clients or anything? Because sometimes, you know, like I say, they can be, you know, like, and, and here's the thing is, is you have to trust and it really speaks to about your business too, you know, about the, you know, if you're getting a lot of negatives and one of the things I point out is like review, cause I guess they have um, the ability to show you things. Uh, the example I would give is when you see, if you go through and you read a bunch of positive reviews and you see somebody mentioned all the time, that's on your staff. Yeah. So you start to learn a bit that in their case, they're great at customer service. They're always getting mentioned and such, you know? So have you seen, you know, so what are some of the side benefits, I guess, and also some of the things that might happen that would be out of the norm? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I think going back to what you were saying, uh, a lot of these softwares have tools that allow you to analyze sentiment. And I think that's, that's pretty awesome is when, you know, you, you don't really know what your guys are doing out in the field um, at a, at a personal customer interaction level, you know, okay, we did the job and the job got done, or we know, hey, this guy has uh, great sales and that guy has less great sales. But like, you know, what, what, is, what is the interaction with the customer like? And a lot of times I'll have clients to say, hey, yeah, Joe, turns out he is a fan favorite. His sales are kind of mad, mm-hmm. but all of his clients keep coming back. And if you look at our reviews, Joe's name is mentioned, you know, 80% of the time. Uh, so that's awesome. They gives like business owners just this whole new layer of, um, of culture, culture analysis that they get to evaluate right. and look at and use to enhance the business. Yeah. Um, I like to give the situation too, is you can see that there's a problem with the business too. Yeah. Because if you see consistent reviews, um, that are like negative one after another and stuff, you know, because you have to understand that if you don't address the situation and your reviews are a good indication, you know, you're going to have a problem and that problem can get worse and stuff. You know, the, uh, the, the one that I like to, uh, uh, bring up is safe light auto glass. We have a friend, uh, oh, well, we have a local franchise and I needed a windshield and, um, I wanted it on a Saturday. I figured they'd be the one auto glass place that was open and such, but I went on. So I searched maps. I found them and such. They had a hundred reviews and a 2.7. Yeah, it was like really bad. And I read through those and I went through the negative and I saw the most recent and everything. And I was like, there's no way I'm doing business with this company. Yeah, I wanted I wanted the windshield done on a Saturday just because of the convenience and stuff. But I waited till Monday and I went with a different company. You know, so you can understand that like in with your company, if you're seeing that kind of negativity as an owner, you need to be looking at that because if there are problems yeah, they're going to be, you know, and it, it could be that, you know, could be specific staff that are also mentioned, 
you know, like I said, they can be mentioned in a positive light, but also in a negative light. But in this case, the company seemed to have a problem and people were consistently mentioning that they were late, didn't have the windows in stock, didn't have any, you know, any number of things. Um, no, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so keep in mind that it can be, um, you know, it's a source of feedback too, you know, for the business to see the problems within that they might need to address. Agreed. 100% agreed. Yeah. There's been some wild instances though, especially, I mean, anecdotally, what, <laughs> One of my clients uh, actually had two customers bickering with each other oh, yeah. um, <laughs> in, in reviews, right? Like in, in the reviews uh, going, one would leave a review, uh, the other disgruntled employee would leave a review back. One would leave a comment on that review and then so on and so forth, um, just using husbands or friends or whatever's uh, different Google profiles to go do that. Um, yeah, that's, absolutely. That's really interesting. Yeah, I have seen some of that. Yeah, that goes back to don't get into a, a dispute online with your customers because that's really going to show up. Um, so, it will show up. Yeah, so make sure that you never do that. Um, yeah, so it, it's things like that that you have to watch out for. Um, I say disputes being one of them. You know, you don't want to. I've seen people go into rages too. You know, on the way that they respond, I say it's all on there. You know, and they've gotten really negative, and then you say, "Well, why the why would I ever want to deal with this business?" Because if something goes wrong, you know, because I've seen a few instances where essentially the customer was attacked by the business owner, you know, just verbally. Yeah, you know? we can't have that. I mean, just yeah, never, right? Never. Yeah, you want your business to be a business, never. Yeah, so those kinds of things can happen and stuff. Remember, you can't have employees go on there and disparage you and stuff. You can't have, you know, like I say, you want to. You know, take it all with a, a, basically, you know, reviews are an area where as a business owner, you can control the situation a bit if you have systems and processes in place, you know, because no matter what, there's going to be over time, at least a story told about you. It's a matter of whether you're the, you know, kind of, uh, you know, driving the direction of that story. You know, because it is partly how you run yeah. your business and then how you deal with customers. Would you have any last pieces of advice for people wanting to pump up their reviews? Yeah, it's simple. Go out and ask your customers for a review. That's it. Go get them. Yeah, go get them. Okay. Well, this has been great. We've been talking re reputation management reviews, how they really, you know, they matter for your business and they're going to matter for a long time. It's not something going away anytime soon. You know, it's just the accounts are getting higher and higher. And now we're really seeing, you know, what some of these systems and stuff, you know, software that exists, how it's coming into play. But even just, you know, simply asking, like I say, you had a couple of uh, ideas for, you know, like leave behinds, things like that, QR codes, you know, um, any number of things. Just go ask. Yeah, yeah exactly. Put yourself out there and, and give them the opportunity. Otherwise, uh, they won't do it on their own. Yeah. So go ask. Yeah. So Ross, this has been great. How would people get a hold of you? Yeah. Well, you can check me out uh, at um, fencepost.co um, on Twitter at the Ross McDaniel. And uh, Instagram is a great place too. We're starting to put some content out there. Uh, see my, my mean mug. Uh, but yeah, fencepost.co would be the, the best place. Okay. Well, my name is Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters, CEO of Titan Digital. It's been another great episode, and thank you for joining us.